Welcome to another podcast from the BCC team. Our aim is to bring you a message that will help you live a better, more God-centered life. For more information, go to bcc.church. Well, good morning, everyone. Um, It's been a tiring week for some. For all of us, actually, it's always a tiring week, isn't there? But this week's been a, a tiring week in many ways. And we'll open that up as the service goes along and this message goes along. Um, wow, 70 is the new 50, Norman. I don't know, whatever you eat, it's keeping you young. And I'd like to have the recipes. If it's cake, I'm eating more of it. So, um, <laughs> um, but anyway, you're looking great, Norman. And congratulations on 70 on Friday. Um, Kingdom Influence is our series. Week 12, can you believe it? Week 12, Kingdom Influence. You wouldn't have thought we could find so much about God's kingdom to talk about. But we haven't even scratched the surface, let me tell you. God is showing us and opening us up to us an understanding of his kingdom in a way that we've never given time before to explore, not for many, many years. But I can't remember a series like this before. And this morning, um, we are continuing from last week um, about awareness. And uh, last week, I spoke about um, the importance of awareness, kingdom awareness. And, and awareness, if we're not aware, then stuff will just Go, you'll, be, you'll be 70 before you know it. And if you're not aware, you'll go, what happened to those 70 years? You may be even sitting there today thinking, I don't know what happened this year. What happened this week? Where did this week go? Have you, thought about, have you ever thought that in your life? You know, what happened to this week? It started on Monday and it's gone. And what has come out of it? Now, I know we all work hard and things, but if we don't have kingdom awareness... We will be distracted and we'll talk about it. But awareness, awareness is not just about understanding. It's got to lead to something. And it's got to lead to in- impact, kingdom impact. So kingdom awareness will lead to impact if we make the choice to let it lead to impact. Just flashing up on screen there, our vision as a church to bring growing kingdom influence and transformation to every area of our lives, community and beyond. That's been happening this week. I think it happens most weeks in different ways, but this week it's really been happening. We've taken a a massive step forward as a church in our community this week, and it's very, very important. Today is a prophetic day for our church. Next Sunday, it's earthquake. Earthquake is an amazing opportunity. God could do healings in that earthquake meeting. He could. I've known people come to our prayer meetings and get healed. I've known people come to our prayer meetings and find faith for the first time. What could happen next weekend, next Sunday evening, as we step into a week of prayer and fasting? You know, fasting always comes at the wrong time. I've got people asking for meetings that include food all the way through that week. And I'm getting so annoyed about it (laughs) because, you know, I I think, well, okay, I'll just skip, you know, I'll I'll, I'll add an extra meal fast at the end of my fast and I'll have one somewhere. But I don't want to do that. I want to stick with it. I want to fast during that week. Why? Because some things are impossible without fasting. The Bible makes it very clear. It's a, we deny our bodies so that our spirits can come alive. Why? Because we're so caught up with the distraction of food and our routines. So our vision to bring growing kingdom influence and transformation to every area of our life. What could happen in this coming week? I know stuff has happened in this past week. You know, John Calvin once said, we must make the invisible kingdom visible in our midst. It's not good enough to know about the kingdom. We've got to make it visible. 
God has given us the capacity to make it visible in every dynamic. I was so blessed by Bree this morning in the offering. What a courageous thing to do, to stand on our stage and just share her heart the way she did. It was absolutely mind-blowing, Bree. I'm telling you, that's the prophetic voice of God in your life. And God is going to pour into you. You watch what happens. You watch this year. Because God is a God of overflow. We spoke on that one week just recently about that. God will always overflow when we do the things right in the right way. We must make the invisible kingdom visible in our midst. Otherwise, it's just theory. In fact, it could be just fantasy. For us, it's not. It's real. But if it doesn't become real, if we don't make the kingdom real through action, we become kind of just a little bit deceived in some ways because we think we're doing something when we're not. It's quite a high degree of pressure there. But I want us to think about it. God wants our awareness. You know that. The Scriptures tell us that God wants us to know Him. And Habakkuk 2.14 says, and this line, this verse comes in the middle of quite a, quite a challenging piece of Scripture in Habakkuk. And, he, and God says, for as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of the Lord. That's God's plan. He wants the world to be aware of who he is. Why? It's not that he can't do something to to impose on people. He wants the awareness to come from within. He wants the, the awareness to be an encounter. He wants people to discover him and to turn to him. That's what this awareness is all about. Remember last week we talked about Jacob and he said, surely the Lord is in this place and I wasn't even aware of it. You can live life knowing about truth and not have the slightest awareness of what God's doing around you. You can do. Awareness is so important. Choosing to be aware. And the big distractions we talked about last week, if you didn't hear the message or see the, um, the Facebook Live of it, then go and have a look at it. But we drew out four, uh, six massive distractions in life. And these are huge distractions. And they will try and eat into your life regularly. Um, life itself and its worries, the enemy, the spiritual battle you're in, the bad advice of people who, who think they know better and they don't, tunnel vision when you're just racing headlong into one direction and not seeing anything around you, the wrong lens, the journey you've been on, thinking, well, that's going to happen just the same way again. It's not, because today is a new day. If you live as if today is going to be like yesterday, where's your faith? Where's my faith? Today is a new day. His blessings are worn out and stale and crusty and gone green. His blessings are new every morning. And the good is the enemy of the best. There are many good things going on, but they may not be the best things. And they distract us. The good things distract us because they make you feel good. But you may not feel, you know, faith is going to take us into uncertainty and actually a degree of fear because you're on the edge. Faith by nature is not just having a good life. It's the edginess of trusting God. If there's no edginess in your life, where's the faith in your life? Where is it? It needs to be there. You know, we're working on some great stuff as a team behind the scenes about how to um, take our vision and get the, get the, the, the planning and the, the goals set. And in our goals, we're talking about you know, what needs to start, what needs to be removed, and what has got faith attached to it. If there's no faith attached to it, the Bible says it's impossible to please God. So you can work really hard at good things, 
but not please God. How could that be possible? But it can be. God wants our awareness. Jesus went to Nazareth. Remember, he was tempted in the wilderness. He got baptised, went to the wilderness. He came out and what did he? He went straight to Nazareth, went to the temple on the Sabbath, got the, uh, the scroll brought out from Isaiah and he, made, he read from the scriptures. The spirit of the Lord, this is Luke 4, 18, 19. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has set, uh, sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. The year of the Lord's favour. That's how Jesus opened his ministry after dealing with temptation. This is, we, we can't unpack this fully today. We may have to do it another time. But this is both physical and spiritual. It's not just physical. It's a spiritual encounter we're talking about here. It's physical and spiritual. Proclaiming the good news is the gospel. He has come to proclaim it. That means if we're going to be like Christ, then we must proclaim it. Um, he has sent us to proclaim liberty to captives. They're captive because of their circumstances. They're captive because of situations that are overwhelming. They may not be in extreme poverty, but they are captive by circumstances. Um, to bring recovery of sight to the blind, it's not necessarily physically blind people. It's people who just cannot see what's going on right now in God's kingdom. It's what's happening tomorrow in God's kingdom. It's, not, it's having the blindness that says, I can't see anything about what God's doing. He wants us to see and to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You know, people are oppressed because they get no choice. Slavery is linked to people having their choices removed. Our community is full of people who feel like their choices have been removed because they're tied up in knots by situations. That's the liberty and the freedom that God wants to bring. He wants to bring meaning, restoration and eternal hope to our community. That's what God wants us to be aware of. It's physical, but it's intensely spiritual. And it means we've got to see the opportunities around us. Awareness enables influence. And our influence can be accidental or intentional. But there's an amazing line in the book of Job. Job's the oldest recorded um, written book in the scriptures, in our scriptures. And in this line, near the back end of the, the book of Job, you know he had these three friends, and, and the three friends kept blaming Job and saying, it's because you've sinned. You've lost everything because you've sinned. You've lost your, your family. You've lost your property. You've lost everything because you did wrong in God's sight. What did I tell you about big distractions? Bad advice? perfect example. But God at the end of the book explains how little Job really knows about who God really is. And in that chapter he says, now I realise who God really is. And God makes something happen. He makes Job step into prayer to forgive his friends in order for his friends to be forgiven. It's an incredible story there. And this verse is a key one. Then when Job prayed for his three friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. You may think, why on earth does that? It actually goes on to say that he restored his family as well and relationships. It's not just material, it's relational restoration. God saw that for restoration to happen, someone has to be willing to be obedient and do something about it. In this case, it was as simple as a prayer of forgiveness for the friends. That, look at that. To restore the friends 
and be willing to do that through prayer, God restored Job. It's incredible. Awareness. He needed to understand that that's what God's plan was for his friends and himself. And it enables the influence to happen. Now, just a little side note in our message this morning. We know Romans 12 talks all about the gifts that God gives us as people, as his, as his family, as his children. And many of us are not aware of the gifting that God has given us. In the men's ministry, we've been exploring that to some degree. Um, in some of the life groups, that's been a conversation. But I want to throw it out to the whole church today. Do you know how God has gifted you? Do you know the gifting that God's... Because if you're not aware of the gifting God has given you, how are you going to use the gifting to influence others for the kingdom? You need to know it. It's a simple kind of question, really. And your influence needs to be intentional, not unintentional. It needs to be intentional influence, understanding gifting. So we've got on our website, you can go to it, bcc.church forward slash find hyphen your hyphen gift. That's the website address. If you click on that... There's a page that says, find your gift. And if you scroll to the bottom, you'll, you'll see a sign that says, click to, bring, uh, to, to find your gift. And there's just a really simple, short exercise that you can score yourself. And once you've totaled it up, if you want to, you can upload your results so that we can see it. And why are we interested in knowing what your gifting is? Because we want to be aware of what's in you. Because if there's gifting in you that needs development and you want to be developed, we want to make sure the equipping can take place. We want everybody to flourish in their gifting and be equipped. And not everybody's the same. There are so many different gifts in the Bible. You know, Romans 12 talks about gifts from God. 1 Corinthians 12 talks about gifts from the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 4.11 talks about the gifts from Jesus Christ for the church, the ministry gifts. There's so much in there, but we might... We're never called to just attend. We're called to understand and be equipped. So go and find that if you can and have a go at it. But you know, once the power of God is moving, there will be moments of huge impact. And I couldn't get this out of my mind since maybe two weeks now. There's a woman in the Bible, in Mark 5, who had an issue of blood. And Jesus was surrounded by crowds of people. I mean, it talks about... Loads of people. <laughs> Just to say throngs of people. I got it out. It could have been messy on the front row there. But there's a woman with an issue of blood in the crowd. And she digs deep and just says, she'd been suffering for 12 years. The physicians couldn't heal her. It made her worse. She's desperate. Verse 28, she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, if I can just reach out, if I can just touch something of him in some way, I will be healed. A faith cry. Immediately the bleeding stopped and she could feel. That word feel is to be aware. She became aware in a moment in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. In a moment. There was nobody went to her and laid hands on her. She just reached out. What is it you need to reach out to God about in your life today? You don't need the minister to put his hands on you. You just need to reach to God by faith and he will do a miracle in your life. It happened here. Jesus realized it's an extended root of the same Greek word. He realized he became aware instantly in a moment. At once, it says, <laughs> so there you go. At once, that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? That is an incredible story of the moment of awareness. The moment when, when the woman was aware that, her faith had turned into transformation, restoration, incredible. Now that's been happening in Bromley this week. 
There have been moments, it's been unbelievable, but it's been believable. We didn't know what would happen in Bromley with the turning. And the turning, if you don't know about it, is a, um, a move of God, a kind of somewhat of an outpouring of God's heart onto the streets in terms of evangelism. And our dear friend Yinka from Reading, a Baptist minister just went out on mission three, three, uh, three years ago into his community and they started to pray for people. They used a very simple script, trusting that there would be a faith moment for people. And I've got to tell you, those of us who've been doing that this week, to have two sides of a small piece of paper as your script, trusting that God will bring someone to faith through that, seems almost crazy. And in fact, the, the more you stick with the script, the more... The moments seem to occur, but that's what happened this week. And I've got the people in here who, who was, when I was able to go out this week at all. I'm looking at a few of you. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, amazing what happened. I just want to show you a few pictures with sensitivity because, by the way, a lot of people have responded, and there's an important step now of discipleship that's got to happen. We said it would happen, didn't we? That the church was going to get suddenly into a position where discipleship has got to happen. Is God able to trust us as a church to disciple the people he's bringing to himself? We've got to be ready. Well, no, I didn't tell anybody I was doing this, but on a couple of occasions this week, I just thought I'll snap a shot you know, with some subtlety without being seen to be a paparazzi. But, but Liz didn't even know it. On the left-hand side, that's a lady who gave her life to Christ on Monday morning through a simple script, the most simple thing and literally Within about three minutes, this woman said, yes, I want to trust Jesus and pray the prayer of salvation. And um, on the right-hand side, Edward isn't here this morning. Let me tell you, is he, is he here, Edward? Next service, he'll be here. Edward is so, uh, he's got his sight. Those of you who know Edward, he struggles with mobility. His sight is, you know, very, very poor. Edward came out, you'd think, that's... N- Incredible. How could Edward make a difference? Edward turned up on the front row. It almost chokes me up to think about it. And you know what? He met someone who's in a worse situation than him, a guy called Adam, who's totally blind. And the pair of them went out as a team with two women. I mean, if you could go any slower, you'd be stationary. <laughs> Let me tell you, on Friday morning, that little team led three people to Christ. Wow. You know what? Um, and... And I checked with them. I got permission to, to... You can't see her face, but the girl with the red bag on was a girl that gave her life to Christ. The most impossible scenario reading a script with two virtually blind people. It's unbelievable, isn't it? Um, in the middle, unity and church activity. It was just amazing to be in unity with the other Central Bromley pastors and to have them worshipping in here Wednesday, Thursday, Friday was amazing. I said to Sophie, what did it feel like on Wednesday when we were having worship with the other churches? She said it was like earthquake times two. That's how much you could feel the presence of God in here. Like I have never, well, I can't remember feeling it so incredibly strongly. And that was helping people for the following day. Um, bottom right-hand corner, a cheeky snap yesterday morning on the high street. Um, Liz led the guy low down to faith he made a commitment to Christ and just in front I'm sorry the picture's so bad but Rob Short's there who had just led four people to faith in Jesus Christ so Rob just come up and just share for a few moments what your experience has been just welcome Rob Um, 
Oh, here it is. Um, right, am I on? Adrian. It is on. It is on. It's on. It's on. Yeah, it's on. It's on. Yeah. No. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves for a second. Yeah, While they're sorting that out. Ah, is that? That's that it. You're on. Right. You're so on. So Thanks, Adrian. Sure. Great stuff. So, um, yeah. So, well, the turning is most Mark says where you go out on the street. Now, I wasn't keen on this idea at all, <laughs> but um, but but God did say to me. Um, has been saying to me a lot, you know, you, you, you really need to be bold, you really need to pray for boldness, and you need to just have faith, because like Mark said, when you have faith, and in all the experiences in my life where I've been bold and done stuff I don't want to do in, you know, in, in Christian stuff, that is when I've been the most sort of, you know, filled up with the Holy Spirit and most touched by God. So I thought, well, look, you know, hopefully that'll be what happens. So I went out with someone who was absolutely fantastic on the first day, and Honestly, I mean, I can hardly really sort of share this, but I watched God, the Holy Spirit, bring seven people in an hour just because we stood there and shared the gospel with them. It's unbelievable, but as Mark says, but it's believable because that's what the Holy Spirit does. I would not even, I can't, it just it blows my mind to think about it. And, uh, and then as I was out with Liz um, yesterday and five people, and that's two hours. Twelve people have said salvation prayer in two hours. That's just me. Mark will probably tell you the numbers of people that gave their life to Jesus in Bromley. But that is just because we stepped out in faith and the Holy Spirit did it. And I'm going to just share one thing because I prayed a bit this morning because Mark said he probably asked me to share. So there's one thing I'm going to share. It's just about one guy called Matt. So he's walking up the high street on Friday and um, he's, he's got all his sort of shirt tie on. He's clearly on his lunch break with a friend. And um, and we, Babs and I, who were, who were doing it together, there were, there were six people who had given their life to Jesus. But she said, I think it's one more. And we were really kind of nearly out of time. So we were just kind of trying to be prompt and said, it's him. Uh, it, it's him. Let's talk to him. So I thought, oh, this, this guy's just on his lunch break. There's no way he's even going to stop. So I sort of, I said, what, I said, hi, my name's Rob. What's your name? That's kind of how you do it. And... Um, and I actually almost, I mean, I'm sure it wasn't physical maybe, but it was almost like he was going, and it was almost like the Holy Spirit pulled him back, almost in slow motion. And um, he said, my name's Matt, what do you want? <laughs> and um, we went through the script. And um, you say the prayer, and then you say after you've prayed a blessing, you say, would you like to receive Jesus Christ? And you have to stop your draw dropping. <laughs> he just said, yeah, I would. And that guy didn't, he, I'm sure he didn't even have it on his agenda. I'm not sure, because when we asked him if he believed he'd go to heaven, he said he didn't know, he, he had no idea. So, I mean, it is, and it is just, I, I give all the glory to God. I could not do that. I, I have no part in it. I almost stand there and watch it and just say the words. But I have to say, if you have any fear and you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and you want to feel God's power working, you know, and there will be further opportunities. You have to do this. It is an amazing move of God. And I, I have never felt so much um, sort of power, if you like, out in, in Bromley on the streets. And even if I had to do it again, I'd still be scared to go out. But, you know, I know that God's going to do it. So I just kind of go a bit scared and I just sort of start. 
And, uh, and then once I've started, um, it kind of gets easier once you get started. But you're still a bit... You've, well, I mean, all those that have been out will tell you it's, it's not like an easy thing to do, but you have to do it in faith. Sorry, it's brilliant, Rob. No, it's fantastic. Thank you, Rob. Thank you. R- Rob's amazing. Liz said... To, Liz said... <laughs> I'll use this. Liz said to me, Rob's like a machine. Because <laughs> Liz and Rob are together on Friday. She said, he's got so much courage. But on the inside... We're, we're all the same. The same was with me. You know, you've got to dig deep and go, you know what? I'm aware that God might do something with that person. Even if I get it wrong, it's not about me, it's about him. We've just got to step into the unknown with people. And as you step in, your mouth just goes, you do? <laughs> Angela, um, c- come and share a couple of things. God had a sense of humour at times. Um, because it wasn't just one-way traffic, this. It was like... We were getting God's almost sense of humor. Is that the way to describe it? God would sort of do something in someone's life, and then you'd realize that everything else connected to that was attached in some way. Okay, so you know it's the Holy Spirit, because this is the bit of paper that is the script, two sides. It's not, it certainly isn't this bit of paper or me or Rob or any of us. It's like you know it's God, because if you step outside of this script, people were saying, it doesn't work. And these were evangelists, people who are used to going out. And they're, oh, yeah, yeah, I don't need that. And people weren't responding. And they said, use the script. And people responded. So you know it was the Holy Spirit. It was just incredible. Um, Norman and I went out first time. <laughs> and like with trepidation, let me tell you. And uh, we were last leaving the building almost. It's like, come on, get up. So by the time we stepped onto the high street, I was like, ah, there's pears all over. They've got got everybody. There's nobody here for us to get. We'll walk up the high street a bit. And then it's like, oh, I can't get a thing because you're meant to shake the person's hand. So it's like, oh, they've got their shopping bag in their right hand. I can't possibly shake their hand as part of the script. And um, so we're walking, walking, and um, we're getting up towards the market square. I said to Norman, I said, we're going to run out of high street. We're going to have to speak to somebody. I said, how do we do this, Norman? And he goes, Angela, bold. We've got to be bold. It's <laughs> like, yes, Norman, bold, bold. And with that, my first lady we spoke to, she didn't um, say yes, but she uh, took the prayer of blessing. We had a beautiful conversation. It was lovely. We then veered around, went through the park. And um, I, oh, I kind of thought, oh, no. There's someone I know from work. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, she was like, hi, hi, what are you doing? And I kind of, in that split second, thought, I'm going to veer and say, oh, no. and I thought, no, no. I said, well, actually, can I do this on you? It's my first time out. And I, <laughs> and she said, yeah, yeah. And uh, we went through the script. We went through the blessing. She said yes to Christ. She prayed the prayer. And it was just, I was like, oh, my word. This is just this is kind of like, wow. Um, we then went through the mall and um, we saw a couple of people having their coffee and smoke break outside Argos and um, thought, right, went up to them. I said to the guy, I said, um, hi, my name's Angela. It's on the script. And um, he's like, yeah, 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 no, no. John said hello to me yesterday. He said, I'm already booked in with you guys. <laughs> I've got my first coffee meet with him in a couple of days' time. I was like, wow, that's, that's fantastic. So I looked at his mate standing there. I said, 
said to her, I said, so do you want to know what he's, he's on then? <laughs> and she said, yeah. I was like, okay. So went through the script. It's nothing of me, nothing of any of us. It was the script. Went through it. She said yes to the blessing. She said yes to Christ. And she prayed the prayer of salvation. She gave her details. She'll be in our system to follow up. Um, then carried on. I said to Norman, <laughs> hour normally goes so quick but this hour has gone like is it time yet and um this is walking through the mall kfc's on the corner as we're walking along through the mall back to btc so from the high street so we're connecting like that on the corner right outside kfc was a guy um i know from the home homeless shelter the northwest shelter he was in our shelter this year and we had literally just moved him into accommodation the day before. And um, he saw me. He said, hi, what are you doing? I was like, oh. I said, well, I said, you know, you know us. We're in church and you know that, you know, we've been praying with you for you along your journey and everything. But, you know, I don't think we've ever prayed this prayer where would you like to receive God into your life? And um, I said, would you like to go through this with us? And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually had a trolley thing with him and he got his chair out to sit down on it. He thought I was obviously going to take my time. Um, but um, so he pulled uh, his chair out and we went through it and he said yes to the blessing. Yeah, I was expecting that. But he said yes to Jesus. And he said the prayer of salvation. Um, and the best thing on it is you, you fill a little slip out with their details. And I could say to him, What's your address? And he had an address to put on that slip of paper. It was just awesome. It was awesome. And just to last thing, Mark, because I went hog the whole time, but um, what Mark was saying about the unity of the churches was just, it was such, my heart sang because it was just so beautiful. It was so beautiful. And Jonathan McGill, he's the leader at Bromley Town Church, he stood here and um, he, Mark actually, I think you asked him to pray for unity or, or, or asked him to pray. And he, it was about unity in the churches. And he, t he spoke really honestly from here because the churches in Bromley have seen many divisions and split. But he prayed such an incredibly powerful prayer of unity in God's church in this place. Amazing. Mm. It was amazing. Thank you, Angela. Um, thank you. I mean, the, the guts to do this, it, you don't just, there's no professionals, very few. One or, one or two are quite experienced at speaking. Almost everybody in the room involved in this was like in you know, fear and trembling, going and taking steps. Is there anybody else who went out in this week that would like to just share something? Come on, Yolima. Let's welcome Yalima as she comes to share. I just wanted to share that it was um, really amazing. Everybody, uh, the weather, we know how we feel like, oh, we got to go out and face people. What are they going to say? But seriously, what really moved me was um, just thinking, Jesus really, um, when he looked at the crowd, remember the verses where he says, there are, they are like sheep that have no pastor? 
and that the, the harvest is a lot, but the workers are few, that we should pray for that. I was thinking that, and I'm thinking, um, God really wants us to do this, no matter how we feel, because it's not about us. It's really about, about the people out there, and there are so many. This week, I've been just blown away with so many stories with people so hungry for God and in so much need, and they don't know where to go. So on Thursday, I was um, um, working, actually. I had to finish, and I finished work at 10.30, but I lived just around the corner, so I could run. I was late, but I thought, I'm going to go, because that was my feeling, that was my heart. Um, and I thought, in my way, I thought, yeah, I need to go, because it might be people that relate to me that now the people will be able to reach. Um, I went out with Neil, and we met... Actually, three people um, that their relation with me was language. Um, it was actually a Brazilian person. He spoke perfect English, but when I spoke to him in my Portuguese, because I speak Portuguese mixed with Spanish, when I spoke with him, he went like, oh. And then I said to him, we have actually um, a group where we meet with Brazilians, and he kind of really liked that. And I was like, God. And the next person, she said, I don't speak English in a kind of yeah, not very good English and I thought maybe she's just avoiding me but actually she didn't speak much English so I spoke to, I asked her what do you speak then and she said Spanish so I said oh I got you then <laughs> <laughs> so I even prayed for her in Spanish and actually she couldn't speak proper English so I was very very happy about that and she didn't do the prayer, you know, the, the giving her life to Christ, but she prayed. I mean, she let me pray for her, and she was so grateful in the end. And the third one was yesterday, uh, just outside Bromley, um, yes, out station. It was this um, guy in, in a cab, in a taxi, you know, the, the, the taxi rank. And I was with this guy um, um, called Anthony and from another church, I think it's um, Corniston. And he was really bold as well, and he went to the guy inside the, the cab. And I'm like, okay, let's go, like in the road, okay? And then he started talking to him, and the guy was in a rush because he was the next one he had to go. But he was in tears when he told us, yes, please pray for me and pray for my brother. My brother is dying in hospital. So people do accept prayer from us, even if we don't, they don't know who we are. And another guy as well behind Argos, this guy, Anthony, was going really fast with the script because it works. He was like, blah, 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 blah. And the guy said, oh, 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 I don't speak proper English. Can you speak slower? So I said, what do, language do you speak? And, I, and Portuguese. So I say, again, my Portuñol. He was actually a Christian who has drifted out of church, uh, but he wants to come back. And I didn't do the following thing because they cannot say the number, um, the name because they have a number. They're actually these people with the wardens, you know, the traffic wardens. So when I, we asked him, because we got to go like, hello, my name is Jolima, what's your name? Uh, he is like, 405. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we cannot give you details. So I said, okay. Um, when he told me all this story about him wanting to go back to church because he was interested, then Liz had given me on Monday a few cards from, from BCC. So I said, okay, there you go. This is the church where we go. And actually we have a, a life group in, in Portuguese. So you're very welcome. And the very last one. <laughs> this, is the, this, is the, this is the one. Um, <laughs> 
on Thursday, uh, Friday, I was out with Luke and it was a massive, not thank you, because you get all that, but we know it's not them and we pray for that as well. And you shouldn't really feel like, oh, I'm not going to do this again. We just kept pursuing. So in the end, the very last five minutes, we saw this guy in a mobility um, scooter. And I said to Luke, look, five minutes more, come on, let's go talk to him. He went like, okay, come on. And then we went and approached him. And when we said to him, the script says, Jesus loves you and he has an amazing plan for you. And we, we say that, really feeling it because we know that's true. And then he, this guy said, no, he doesn't love me. He doesn't love me. No, no, no. And we were like, no, no, he does love you. And we tried to follow the script and try to continue talking to him. But he went like, um, um, no. And he was actually very sad in a mess. And he, had, he said, actually, he, was, he has tried to commit suicide many times. And we went like, no, we, and in the end, he wanted to give us his details. He gave up his life to Jesus. And also, um, he, 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 he couldn't give us his details because he was in this chair, but he asked his uh, carer to give it to us. So we would be in contact with him. Please be praying for these people. His name is um, Sylvester, I think. Are we meant to say? <laughs> I've done it already. Please be praying for Sylvester so he can, he can have a, a follow-up. Brilliant. Thank you, Jalima. I mean, there are so many stories. There are so many. And every one of them is like a miraculous moment, an encounter. And awareness will lead to impact. Awareness leads to impact. If we're not aware of the need, we won't see the opportunity. We've got to be able to see and you know there may be somebody in this service today who's come in as a result of that and welcome to you if you are here there may be somebody in the service who's never actually trusted their life to Jesus Christ as well you may be in this meeting today you may be sitting here today thinking I've been thinking about it most of the people a lot of the people we spoke to in the high street they were thinking about it that day or the day before or they've been talking to a friend about what would it mean to to know God and there's so many stories like that where the answer was within 20 minutes of that thought. Uh, it's just extraordinary. Um, it takes a bit of boldness. But maybe you are in the service today and, and you, you want to trust Jesus as Lord and you haven't done it yet. We're going to invite you to do that without embarrassment, without public display later in the service. But I just want us to see as a church... As Angela said, the unity in the churches. I mean, these pastors are friends of mine. Um, and we do things together from time to time. But this is one of the few times where a whole congregation is made up of ordinary people gathered at congregation level and at leadership level. And, you know, when we were in here and the five or six uh, leaders were, were here, I looked at them. I kept thinking, they're like my, they like my family. I know them as well as I know, in fact, maybe more so than some of the people in this room. And there's a huge amount of trust between us. And, you know, we do genuinely love each other as leaders. And uh, we've walked a journey together. And it's real. It's very real. And the, the Bible says that where there is unity, then God commands the blessing. It doesn't say, oh, it might work out. He commands blessing. And that's what's been going on this week. So huge dynamics. So our challenge is, does awareness lead to impact? The answer is, Yes, it does. So I'll ask it again. Does awareness lead to impact? Yes. Well, look at the impact that we saw in Bromley this week. 212 
yet to be final numbers confirmed, prayers of salvation. That was the total by yesterday, according to my crude calculations. That's on, across six days in Bromley, one hour a day. 212, that's what I calculated. So it's going to be roughly that number. And based on the estimates we've been tracking through the week, we still don't know what the whole borough number is, I don't, or the London number, but we estimate across the borough of Bromley, it could be around 400 people are, have professed a, a faith through praying a prayer of salvation this week in our borough. 400 who hadn't done it this time last week. And if that's the right extrapolation for London, then it's probably over a thousand people in London, 200 churches, making themselves aware of the fruit that is there to be harvested. You know, it's extraordinary. And tonight in Orpington, there's going to be a celebration at 6.30 for any who want to go along. And they'll have the actual numbers, the final numbers, I'm sure, by then, um, to celebrate uh, what God's done. It's incredible. Worship team, come and join me. We're going to sing a great song. Uh, I want us to think about this. What, does, what am I aware of? Am I aware of anything going on in the kingdom? Am I aware of my need to trust Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior? Am I aware of that? If you are, today's your day. God sees every individual heart and there's a celebration in heaven when people make a decision to follow him. You know, it just, this, is, this has been happening with people who don't go to church in Bromley. It's, it is mind-blowing the way these moments where the Holy Spirit has done the work and he's just humbled us massively this week. So let's stand. The guys are going to lead us now in a song and then I'll come up and close the service.